Open your Bibles this morning to John chapter 17, and we're going to look at verses 3 and 4. 28 days, praise the Lord. Not long till we'll be in our building. You keep praying, asking God to prepare us spiritually and for a great movement of the Holy Spirit of God when we gather in that building. John chapter 17. Verses 3 and 4. Two of the greatest confessions that a child of God can ever make is found in John 17, verse 4. This confession was the confession that Jesus made as he was preparing to go back to his father. Now, we are followers of Jesus. He is our example, but more than that, he is our life. And so, therefore, to be able to make the same confession that Jesus made would be absolutely the greatest confessions we could make in our life. Look at chapter, verse 4. John, chapter 17 where Jesus said, what a statement. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work you have given me to do. Now, what made me get captivated by that verse early this week? was a dear, dear, dear friend of mine named John Sojourner, 62 years of age, died of cancer. I was John's pastor for 18 months when I was pastor for a season in Brandon, Mississippi. John was one of the godliest men that I've ever known. I always wanted to see him and always wanted For him to get close to me and speak to me so I could sense the presence of Jesus and the love of God that just came out of him like a river of living water. But you know, John died at 62. I think it was Wednesday morning or maybe Tuesday. Now, you've got to understand he was a man of great faith, a man of great faith. And, and really touched not only the lives at Crossgates, but the lives of Crystal Springs, Mississippi. He owned a pharmacy there, and he really impacted that town. In fact, on the sign of his pharmacy, after he went to heaven, with these words, I saw them on a person sent me a picture of it. Johnny has gone to heaven to be with Jesus. Will you meet him there? But you know, I, was, I called his wife, and uh, she said, you know, Brother Fred, we believed for a miracle. We believed for a miracle, but God didn't give us one. He chose for Johnny to come on and be with Jesus. And I got to thinking about it. It's kind of hard to deal 
with the fact when somebody that's godly, who has impresses people's lives for the kingdom of God, makes an impact. I mean, really, is light and salt. It's hard to understand. Lord, I don't understand about 62. Now, if somebody's 80 or 85 or 90, and I mean, you know, it's almost like you say, well, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. But you don't really think that 62 is a time to die. So how do you come to grips for it? Well, we believed God for a miracle. But he didn't grant it. And he took Johnny home to be with Jesus. And this verse came to my mind. And I said to her, I said, Ann, I'm going to tell you what. This is what I think you need to know. John glorified God on earth. And he finished the work that God gave him to do. I said, he didn't die one day early. He didn't die one day late. It's God said, Johnny, you've glorified me on earth. You've finished the work that I gave you to do. So welcome home. Now, you know, I hope that they'll be able to say of you and me, when the end of our journey comes well, you know, nobody's perfect, but I'll tell you one thing about Sue or Jane or Jim. They sure glorified God on earth. And I really believe they finished the work that God gave them to do. Because I'm going to tell you something. That's all that really matters. It's not how much money you make. And I hope God blesses you materially. It's not how much fame you may assume. It's not what position you, but, 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 but all of that is good. And God chooses to bless his children so we can be a blessing to others. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I pray that for you and me, we could say, that we could say it. As far as we understand, with our limited understanding, oh, far as I know, Lord, I glorified you on earth. And I finished the work that you gave me to do. Now, the verse before that is the way you get in a position where you can glorify God. Look at John 17, 3. And I love this verse because it's the greatest definition of eternal life that I've ever found. And Jesus gave it. Now, you can't say verse 4 until you've experienced verse 3. You can't say, I have glorified you on earth. I finished the work you've given me to do until you've experienced verse 3 of John 17, which says, and this is eternal life. Well, that's a question a lot of people ask, isn't it? And that's a question everybody knows, needs to know the answer to. Man, I need to know the answer to that. <laughs> and this is eternal life. Well, what is it, Jesus? You know all about it. You knew more about it than anybody else. What is it? And this is eternal life. That they may know you. The only true God. And Jesus Christ whom you have sent. 
Now, wow. Jesus didn't say, now, eternal life is, is uh, living a, this kind of life or that kind of life. Or, or eternal life is, is going to church. Or eternal life is getting baptized. Eternal life is, is being generous and loving and giving. And all of those are good. I, I mean, but you, he said, now, basically, you know this, that's all the fruit of eternal life. Eternal life is that you know the one true living God. And that you know Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. That's not complicated. But man, you know, you've got to understand, there's much more to knowing God than knowing God. You say to me, well, pastor, I, I, I know, I know God. I, I know he created this world. And I know that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And, and by his mighty power, he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And when the trumpet sounds, he'll come again to receive his people to himself. Oh, I, I know. I know God. Okay, I do too. But let me ask you this. Do you know him personally? Is he somebody you talk to every day? And is he somebody who talks to you every day? And is he someone that you seek before you make decisions? And is he someone that you seek before you start a certain way on your journey in life? You see, this is, this is a personal, intimate knowledge of God. Through Jesus Christ. Now notice that verse says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now that's so important because, listen to me now, the only way you know God personally and intimately is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way you know him. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father, but through me. Oh, I believe in God. Well, have you ever, through Jesus Christ, His Son, got into an intimate, personal relationship with God so you can say, Abba, Father, my Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Bible says that God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Our Father. You know, when you think about God as your father, that's not a distant, distant, uninvolved, uncaring God. Listen, he's a father. Father. The Lord's Prayer, our father. Man, that, that's about as personal as you can get. Oh, I believe in, there's, I believe in God. You, anybody sees this universe, I believe. Wait, wait a minute. You, you, you missed it. You missed it. It's that personal, intimate knowledge, fellowship with God, a day-by-day -day basis that comes through a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's knowing God through Jesus. And, and, and the, boy, the thing about it is when you know God, everything changes in your life. Eternal life is knowing God through Jesus Christ whom he has sent. In fact, eternal life 
is the presence of God in our life. You know, this idea, well, that God's in heaven and I'm down here. That's wrong. It's wrong. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to come to you. And so this thing of eternal life, knowing God through Jesus Christ, whom he has sent, means that really God has come to live inside of us in the person of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm afraid there are a lot of people who know God intellectually and historically, but who don't know him personally. And and see, that's, that's not eternal life. Can you really say in your heart, my father, my father, you're my father. You know me, you love me, you care about me, you're involved in my life, you speak to me, you lead me. Hey, it's not a distant, distant God. It's not a 911 God when you call just when there's an emergency. That's not it. It's not a Santa Claus God that just gives you, you just talk to him when there's something you want him to give you. Oh, no. It's an omnipotent, omniscient, holy, righteous, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, ever-present God who spoke this world into being. And we have come to know him. The finite has become, gotten to know the infinite. <laughs> and it's not reason it's, it's a spiritual encounter. The Spirit of God reveals the Father to us. Jesus, he that has seen me, has seen the Father. And so eternal life is this, that they know you, the one true living God. And you know Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. And you can say, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I, you, you, you can say... Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ. You can say 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone be in Christ, they're a new creation. You can never be able to glorify God. And you'll never be able to finish the work he gave you to do until you have a personal, intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that only comes through repentance of sin. Repentance of sin. Confessing to God that you're a sinner and that you're lost and you're separated from him and you deserve hell. You say, Brother Fred, I don't think I deserve hell. Then you sure are lost, I tell you that. You see, repentance, except you repent, you will perish. There's none righteous, no, not one. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. And so we come with brokenness and repentance and realize that Jesus Christ died for us and shed his blood. And that through faith in him, we can know forgiveness and we can be changed forever. And Christ comes to live in us and we know the Father and he becomes our Father. And we know God and we know Jesus Christ whom he sent. Now, when that happens, you can go on to verse 4, which says, I've glorified you on earth. I finished the work you gave me to do. You know, I believe for some reason, I feel like I feel more comfortable. And I think it's right either way because those words are inseparable. Now, now stay with me. 
You can't separate those words. I've glorified you on earth. I finished the work you gave me to do. I, 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 that, I think that's one, one confession, really. And I'll tell you how the best way to say it. For me, I finished the work. No, let me rephrase that. I am finishing the work you have given me to do. I am glorifying you on earth. Now, that, that ought to be where everybody in this room is. If you, if, if you have reality, John seventeen three, you have eternal life in Christ our Lord. And it's eternal life is here and now, and it's then and there. Right here and now, we have eternal life. And all we do is we go spend eternal life in heaven one day. But see, if you have eternal life, then you can, you, you, you can finish the work he gave you to do. And you can glorify him on earth. And so, to me, I, I just want to talk a moment about finishing the work he gave us to do. Now, what is that? You know, that's another way of saying, I've done your will, O God. I have done your will. That, when you say, I finished the work you've given me to do, you say, well, Lord, I've done your will. You know, and, and, and let me tell you something. Uh, think a minute about, a moment about the will of God. You finish the work God has given you to do. So what you're saying is, I've lived my life in your will. Now, I want to ask you something. As far as you know, right now where you are, are you in the will of God? Can you say, I'm in God's will? Now, you know what God's will is? You're exactly where he wants you to be. You're doing exactly what he wants you to do. And you're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit for his glory. You know, what is the will of God? Well, I'm exactly where God wants me to be. And I'm exactly, I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. And I'm doing it by the power of God's Spirit for God's glory. I mean... That is about a simple understanding of the will of God that I could ever grab. Because if I'm not where God wants me to be, and if I'm not doing what God wants me to do, and if I'm not doing it for his glory, then I'm not in the will of God. You say, but I'm successful. It doesn't matter. You say, well, I fulfilled my life's dream. Well, what if that's not God's dream? And... I finish, I'm finishing the work you gave me to do. Well, that means, God, as far as I know, I'm in your will. As far as I know, as far as I know, I'm doing what you, exactly what you want me to do. And I'm doing it for your glory. Now, let me say this to you. You, 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 can, you, you can look at the will of God as a whole, but you can break it down to one day at a time. Like, for example, today, are you going to be exactly where God wants you to be? Today, are you going to do exactly what God wants you to do? <laughs> and are you going to do it for his glory? I mean, I mean today. And, when you, and, and if Jesus doesn't come back, tomorrow. Some people get the idea 
The will of God is just for people, and I don't know, I, I don't know how to say this, but well, the will of God's very important for somebody that's in full-time Christian service. Can I say something to you? Every child of God's in full-time Christian service. Oh, let me just say one thing. Jesus didn't say, save this person and say, okay, now, uh, you can do whatever you want to do. But now that I've got this other person, they've got to preach. They can't do what they want to do. That's a joke. Every one of us, God has a will for everybody in this room. And let me tell you something. And God wants us to do his will. Because let me tell you about the will of God. It is good. Romans 12, too. It is acceptable, it is perfect, and it is eternal. Wait a minute. So, I mean, God, God's will is good, and it's acceptable, and it's perfect, and it's eternal. And God's will being exactly where God wants you to be, doing exactly what God wants you to do, doing by the power of the Spirit for the glory of God. But you get this idea, well, you know, I, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm, just a, I'm just a salesperson, or I'm just a, a mechanic, or I'm just an engineer. Let me tell you something. I want you to listen to me. I got to thinking about it. You may be a housewife, a mother, a father, a bricklayer, a car salesman, an office worker, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a nurse, a caregiver, a loan professional. You may be um, in the, um, what do you call that? The sanitation department, picking up garbage. But you know what? If that's God's will for you, it's as good as any other position in the world. The will of God is the will of God. Do you understand that? But you know, Brother Fred, you've got to be doing something special to be in the will of God. Baloney, that's not true. That's not true at all. Listen to me. You say, well, I've got a good job, but I don't like it. And I say, well, are you in the will of God? You say, I don't know. Well, you better get that straight. Good. I'd hate to work at a job all my life and come to the end and say, well, man, I miss God's will. You say, it's the only job I've got right now. Well, you stay there until God gives you another. But if you don't believe it's God's will, you start praying right now for God to put you where he wants to put you. Because you think, well, I, I, I'm really not significant enough to God for God to have a special will for my life. You have believed a lie. There are no second-class Christians. There are no second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And we all who are saved are going to sit at the table. Glory to God. And I want you to be able to say, I finished the work. I'm finishing the work you gave me to do. I am in the will of God. I know I'm in the will of God. I'm exactly where God wants me to be, doing exactly what God wants me to do, and doing it for his glory. Now listen, you say, well, Brother Fred, I don't know that. Well, then you seek God until you find out. You might be right where he wants you to be. You might be right where he wants you to be. You might be doing exactly what he wants you to do. But if you say, well, I don't know, well, then you don't be satisfied until you find out that you are in the will of God. 
You say, well, I'm only 15. Well, praise God being the will of God at 15. You say, I'm 85. Well, praise God being the will of God at 85. You know, let, let me tell you how to finish the work that God's given you to do. Let me, let me give you. Th- these are two of the greatest verses. See, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. Maybe a, t- a school teacher. You may be a coach. It don't matter. L- listen to what it says in verse 17 of Colossians 3. Whatever you do in word or deed, whatever. Many of you at home taking care of the house and the kids. Well, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, but Brother Fred, I, I, I only thought you did spiritual things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's more spiritual than raising children? Raising a godly generation. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm going to work today in your name and for your glory. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to the Father by him. And then, boy, listen to this down in verse um, 23. And see, this this will help you. This will help you. Because it doesn't say if you have some important position or some significant role or somehow you have the favor of men. No, it doesn't say this. Listen to what he says. And whatever you do, verse 23, (coughs) do it heartily to the Lord and not to men. For you serve the Lord Christ. And you, knowing from the Lord you receive the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, do it heartily to the Lord. <coughs> I might need some water. <coughs> do it heartily to the Lord and not to men. Okay? You do it one day at a time. So let me encourage you. To be sure, to be sure that you're in the will of God. Thank you, Ed. All right, let me tell you how whatever you do makes a difference. I'm talking about finishing the work. You know what he says to do? Let your light so shine before men. Well, I'm going to work in the morning at the office. He says, well, are you in my will? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in your will, Lord. Good, he said, I'll tell you what you do. Just let your light shine before men. Well, Lord, they won't let, let me preach about Jesus. They won't let me have a Bible on my desk. That don't matter. It does matter, but it don't matter. You just let your light shine. You love people. You encourage people. You speak to people. You live a righteous life before their eyes. The sermon, only sermon they'll ever hear is the one they see in you. So you just go to work and let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, this is the verse that God got to me about this thing of finishing your work. And it doesn't really matter what your, God's will is for you as long as you're in God's will. And, and if you're in God's will, it is significant. Hallelujah. And it is eternal. I'm telling you. 
that verse came to me over in Corinthians. And I want you to listen to this. It, it, it will absolutely uh, make you realize how significant your place of, 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 of your being in the will of God is. L- listen to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And, and, and get this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5. Old things are passed away, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself. Praise God. He's reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So he reconciled us to himself through Jesus, and says, now I'm giving you the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now remember this, if you get up in the morning and you're going to be at home and working with the kids, or you're going to be, you know, just whatever it is, or wherever you're going to go to work, whatever you're doing. Now remember this. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent Jesus. Just as there's an American ambassador in one of our, uh, whatever you call those things, look more like prisons overseas, you know, whatever you call them. We had to have all the arms have them all armed up because uh, Al-Qaeda's on the run. I don't think they're running too hard. But anyway, (laughs) it says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Boy, that changes my view of work. Man, I'm light and I'm going to shine so they'll get to know Jesus. But you know what? I mean, God is sending me today as his ambassador To this place I'm going to be working. I am an ambassador for Christ. As though God were pleading with you, we implore you in Christ's name, be reconciled to God. Sometimes I think Christianity gets a bad name because our ambassadors aren't acting the way they ought to act. John Sojourner. He's just an ordinary man. Just like you and me. But I tell you what. He finished the work. God gave him to do. Now I'm going to ask you something. Are you in the will of God? Exactly where God wants you to be. Doing exactly what God wants you to do. For his glory by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you're light and you're an ambassador for Christ. And you know what the Bible says? That one day we'll give an account for our work. I finished the work you gave me to do. I'm finishing the work. He says, well, good, because one day you're going to give an account, not for your sins. But you will give an account for your work. See, work is a result of salvation. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good, good work. We were created in Christ to good work, which God foreordained that we should walk in them. Now, in, second, in 1 Corinthians 3, it says God's going to test our work. It says over and says, um, we're building on the foundation of Jesus, okay? We're building. Every day we're saved. We're building on the foundation of Jesus, According to the grace of God, Paul said, 1 Corinthians 3, 10. 
according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. He said, I've laid the foundation. I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let, let take heed how he builds. Now, Jesus is the foundation. Other foundation can no one lay than is laid in Jesus Christ. So you're saved. You're in God's will. Or you're not in God's will, but you're, you're, you're building a work. It says here, now if anyone builds on this foundation of Jesus, gold, silver, and precious stones. That's a, you're exactly where God wants you to be, doing exactly what God wants you to do, and the power of God's Spirit for God's glory. Now if anyone builds on this foundation, gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will be tested. Each one's work will become clear. For the day, the judgment seat of Christ will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. Fire will test our work. If it, in, it says it will be revealed by, it will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which is built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so is by fire. So, I will give an account for the work that God gave me to do. And if it stands the test of the fire, gold, silver, and precious stone, a reward. If it's burned up, you lose your reward, but you don't lose your soul. You still go to heaven. That's what it says. For he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. Now here's the last thing, and this won't take but near as long as that. You say, well, praise God. But here we go. I have glorified, I have finished the work you gave me to do. I have glorified you on earth. It is perfectly clear in Scripture that our life is to give glory to God. What is your purpose in life to glorify God? Well, what is your purpose? Well, it's to glorify God. Well, be a little more specific. Well, it's to glorify God in everything I do. That whatever I do, I do it for God's glory. I'm not living for myself. He created me. He gave me life. He redeemed me through the precious blood of His Son. Because let me tell you what, my my purpose is to glorify God because I was not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. I was redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot and blemish. So man, I'll tell you, my purpose is to glorify God because He created me. And more than that, He redeemed me. By the blood of his own son. And I'm telling you, I am committed to glorify him. And and let me tell you what I want to be. He says, I want to be a vessel of honor. Set apart and ready for the master's use. And prepared for every good work. I'll tell you, since the first time I've heard that verse. It's found in 2 Timothy 2. Since the first time I heard that. It has always taken on special meaning to me because, you see, you can be a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. That's exactly what 2 Timothy says. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 17, listen to what he says. I'll start in verse 19. Nevertheless, now stay with me. What's your purpose? 
I'm finishing the work God gave me to do, and I'm going to glorify Him on earth. So, that, so what's your purpose? I, I want to glorify God on earth. Because He created me, because He redeemed me. And because I, tell you, I want to be a vessel of honor. Listen to what it says. Nevertheless, 2 Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those that are His. Woo! Hallelujah. God knows those that are His. And He has not forgot your name. Amen? The solid foundation stands having this seal. The Lord knows those that are His. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And then He says it. In every house... But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but some of wood and clay, some vessels for honor, and some for dishonor. All right, listen. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor. You, you, you cleanse yourself from the vessel of dishonor. You move out of that. You become a vessel of honor. And a, you know what a vessel is? It just contains anything. A vessel doesn't run. A vessel doesn't walk. A vessel doesn't sing. A vessel doesn't play the piano. Have you ever seen a vessel? It just sits there waiting for somebody to fill it up. So you're a vessel. And today, your purpose is to be a vessel of honor. For God to fill you with himself. And so that you may be set apart and ready. For the master's use. Lord, what do you want to do with me today? Man, what do you want to do? Well, Lord, I want you to know I'm a vessel. I'm sitting right here. And I'm just saying, Lord, I'm set apart and I'm ready for you to fill me with yourself. And for you to do what you want to do. I want you to be glorified in my life today. It says, a vessel of honor, set apart and ready for the master's use and prepared for every good work. I, I believe those words that I spoke to Ann Sojourner. I think it got beyond the grief and the pain. When I said to her, Ann, listen. I know John died at 62. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe he lived one day less. Than God wanted him to live. And I don't believe he lived one day more. Than God wanted him to live. Because you know what? I believe he glorified God on earth. And he finished. The work. God. Gave him to do. It's not how long. You live. But it's how you live. So. Would you allow the Lord to search your heart? Can you say, Brother Fred, let's let him search your heart. I'm finishing the work that God wants me to do. I'm exactly where he wants me to be, doing exactly what he wants me to do for his glory by the power of his spirit. And then you say, and I, I, my purpose is to glorify him, the fruit of a holy life. But also, I just want to be a vessel set apart and ready. For the master's use. And prepared for every good work. That makes every day exciting. It makes every life exciting. Because who knows what God will do through you eternally. If you're a vessel. And your purpose is to glorify him.